Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we are very excited for another week of baseball talk coming at you. There's been a lot of news over the past couple of days, over the past week, a lot of stuff going on around all levels of the game. Of course, we're going to focus mostly on Major League Baseball, but a lot of college baseball news and even some college softball news to touch on here in just a little bit. But first, Trey... I saw you for the first time in a couple of months this weekend. It looks like you were having a grand old time down at the Chesapeake Bay, hanging out for Memorial Day weekend. So I saw you on Sunday, but did you have a good actual Memorial Day? I did. I did. I actually spent time with my girlfriend, Courtney, and she wants me to make sure I said that on the air on Memorial Day. That was fun. Hung out with her parents. We went to Texas Roadhouse. So I have uh, classic. I, I have leftover rolls and steak and, and butter in my fridge right now that I will probably devour after we record this. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. We, uh, we had a couple of friends over here to our apartment, had a little cookout, made some pork tenderloin and some shrimp skewers and i didn't get invited Mm. well i mean you live in lynchburg and that's that's but i was in richmond then oh okay well i didn't know you were still here last night anyway it was it was a good time we had grilled up some corn on the cob had some asparagus and some watermelon real classic american cookout but yeah you know we got to see each other this weekend for the first time in a while so that was a good time always fun hanging out fiance yeah yeah she is the reason that i uh go down to that area her family has the house, so that's why I'm with her. Hey, you know what's happening uh, coming up? I know we're going off topic, but uh, the inaugural Lou Gehrig Day is happening to you know honor ALS research, and you know starting with the idea behind the ice bucket challenge, and so uh, every home game on Wednesday, so the, the day the podcast comes out, will display the four ALS logo in their ballpark and commemorating actually with Gehrig's jersey number all players and managers and coaches will wear a special Lou Gehrig day patch on their uniforms and the red 4 ALS wristbands will be available to be worn in game teams that are off Wednesday will observe Lou Gehrig day on Thursday also Steve Gleason uh famous New Orleans Saint if you remember the first game back in the Superdome he's the guy that infamously blocked the punt uh he is also diagnosed with ALS he will uh also synthetically recite a portion of Gehrig's uh, famous lucky man speech in a video narrated by Cal Ripken Jr. and produced by MLB Network. Uh, So special ceremonies and activities happening as uh, ceremonial first pitches, the singing national anthem will be centered around the ALS community. So pretty cool thing coming on. I saw it and I know we had it. We probably should have put it at the top of the show. Uh, Did you ever have to do the ice bucket challenge? I did. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I, someone, I think the I people forget who it was. But I yeah. think the people who nominated me, I nominated, never did it because I was I was in high school. I think, I, or yeah, I was in high school then. Only one of the people that I nominated ended up doing it. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, ALS Day, and obviously Lou Gehrig, one of the greatest baseball players. You know, the Iron Man uh, before you know Cal Ripken Jr. broke the record, and the luckiest man speech is one of the best speeches in sports. 
Uh, so it's it's pretty cool that they're doing this. And I think uh, having, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease is ALS. And so it, this disease is synonymous with baseball. And the fact that they're doing this, um, you know, connecting this to the day. Because they typically do this, you know, Mother's Day, they do breast cancer. Father's Day, I think they do pediatric, um, not pediatric, uh, prostate cancer. Prostate cancer. And then obviously, you know, Jackie Robinson Day. And then adding this with ALS, I think is a really cool initiative by uh, Major League Baseball. And for how much we rag on them in terms of their marketing, uh, this is something they've gotten right. And I think it's a, it's going to be great. Yeah, it is definitely a really cool event and something that's uh, really good that they're putting together. But, you know, and while it, it is an awesome event, I'm glad they're doing it. I am going to rag on them a little bit because this is the first time they've ever done it. Like, I don't know how Fair. they've waited this long to start something like this. And Lou Gehrig, it, I mean, yes, he, he is famous for having ALS and, you know, it's called Lou Gehrig's disease because he had it. But he is also one of the greatest players of all time. And so I don't know how they've waited this long to have a day to honor him and remember him and to continue the fight against ALS. I'm glad that they're finally getting around to it, but I don't know how they waited this long. And also, they haven't done a great job of promoting it this year because a lot of people don't even know that it's happening. They sent out press releases this morning to tell yeah, people about it. I didn't know it. about it until I was should... on my obligatory, uh, I get on MLB.com to do my <laughs> research before the show Yeah, <laughs> as we're starting. They need to be promoting this way, way in advance and get people you know, get the word out there about it and let people know that this is happening, not sending out press releases the day before. But but I am glad that they're doing this. Um, all right, Trey. So the NCAA softball tournament has been going on recently. And unfortunately, Virginia Tech lost last weekend. We had Evan Hughes on the podcast last week to not, preview Not just Virginia Evan, Tech's. not you forgot. The Jim Nance Award winner for the top collegiate broadcaster Evan Hughes. Notice right before he came on, and then he wins the award. Where? Hello, if you're listening and you want to win awards, come on. <laughs> subscribe. Follow that, us right, at yeah. Trey Lyle, at Mackins21, at Foulball Area. Leave us a five-star review, and maybe one day you can be like Evan Hughes, an award winner. But he's going he's gonna to stack up a lot of trophies. Uh, last week, we had Evan Hughes on the podcast to break down Virginia Tech's upcoming, or it was upcoming at the time, but now... Uh, completed Super Regional against UCLA. Virginia Tech jumped out to a one nothing lead after winning the first game. Keely Richard was pretty close to a perfect game, right? I mean, you were watching it. I caught the end of it. Four and a third. She had it through four and a third. Yeah, so a really, really good pitching performance from Keely Richard in that first game. And then the Hokies just couldn't get it done in the next two games. They ended up losing the series to UCLA, and UCLA advances to the Women's College World Series. However, the Commonwealth is represented. The JMU Dukes, they were the only non-Power 5 team in the Super Regionals, and they ended up beating Missouri in the Columbia Super Regional, and they advanced to their first Women's College World Series in program history. So congratulations to JMU. A lot of really talented players on that team. They've been good for a long time. So as a native of Harrisonburg, it is pretty cool to see the Dukes make it to the Women's College World Series for the first time in their program history. But with the softball tournament going on recently i want to ask you something trey and be honest with me when you're watching softball and when you're watching baseball which one do you find more exciting softball is fun to watch because it's like so i think because of the condensed field it's so much faster like it's ridiculously how fast that game went yeah like before you know it, you're in the fourth inning and i was like 
softball is so exciting and so much fun to watch and i love baseball obviously i work for major league baseball radio i we have this podcast where all we talk about is baseball so obviously i love baseball but softball is so much fun to watch and it you know the the players get into it you hear them yelling and cheering from the dugouts all game long the fans are really into it it's a fast-paced game i think the short field does probably have a lot to do with that they only play seven innings there's a whole lot of things that are different between softball and baseball I mean, it, what could baseball do to make itself as exciting as softball? What if they started playing seven-inning games all the time? Would that make it more exciting because you know that you have a more limited amount of time to score runs? I don't think it's the seven-inning games more as the condensed field because I think if they had a nine-inning game in softball, it would be the same kind of excitement. You would just get two more innings of it. Uh to me, I like nine innings. Like I kind of like that feel of, of a nine-inning game. I think there's... You know, I and I don't think you got like it's hard. I think you need to keep the differentials in the sport. Like softball, you know, it's you're closer to home plate. Like I think a softball hitter, you know, the speeds might be different in terms of like, you know, velocity in the pitch, but I think reaction time is maybe even harder because you have ninety feet to sixty feet is a big difference, right? I'm getting that right. Yeah. That's the like that's a yeah. big 30 feet is a lot of difference. Like a 65 mile per hour fastball, I think in softball equates to like a hundred mile per hour pitch in in baseball. Like that, that's ridiculous. And that's like the average, like, like I remember Jenny Fisher, uh, the world famous softball pitcher. And I saw this video about it. She did like a tour of all these play like baseball players. And there's the infamous video of her, like having pool holes, like pools in his prime, like swing and miss. Like she, she was a real deal. So, I don't know if you can change it because also, you know, slow pitch softball is such an old man's old man's game. Like for, you know, I feel like I could see some washed up high school baseball players trying to relive their glory days playing slow pitch softball and just hitting nothing but dingers. So. Well, I mean, I, there's a big difference between slow pitch. And no, I understand that. I'm just, I'm just, I just felt like, I feel like I just wanted to throw that, that line in. Slow pitch softball is actually pretty hard. I don't know if you've ever I know. played. I played intramurals I at Tech, and I, I mean, I. So did I. Pitching, pitching was the hard part. I know you had to like get it. The strike zones, uh, it's like basically a bucket. Yeah, it was, you have to get the ball a certain, a uh, certain height off the ground. I don't know. Our it's team, tough. our team made it to the championship game. So my f- sophomore year. So hmm. we Go never ahead. did. We weren't that good. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Softball is very exciting. It's fun to watch. My, my thing though. It's a lot faster pace, and you know people talk about baseball all the time these days, and how they want to speed up the game, they want it to be faster. And I, I agree. You know, there are times when I'm watching a game at home on TV, and a couple hours go by, and I'm like, "Dang, this game is still going on! Like, this is a long game." But when I'm actually at the ballpark, the games always go too fast because I could spend all day just sitting at a ballpark, and so a three-hour game when you're actually there. It, it goes by in the blink of an eye because I'll be sitting there and then I turn around and talk to someone and then I look back and we're already in the fifth inning, go to get a drink and a hot dog, come back and we're in the eighth inning. It just goes by way too quickly when you're actually there. And I would have no problem sitting at the ballpark for five hours on a day. But when you're, at, when you're watching agree. it on TV, it can be slow and it can be long. And so I think that's the perspective that a lot of people have when they say we need to speed up the game and increased pace of play 
but I don't want to because I love those days at the ballpark and I want to just spend all day there. And I'm actually, you know, I'm very excited. I'm going to a Squirrels game tomorrow. They have a day game and Mariah has to work. I have the day off. So I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and go on down to the diamond for a 12 o'clock game. You should have fun. Go nuts. I plan on it. Have fun. Go nuts. I know all the phrases, man. Worked there one summer. You you learn stuff. The, I love the uh, the song that they play after the games. It's like I don't I don't even know who did it or who too. wrote it. Yeah, they play it pregame also. It's 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 a great song just about Richmond and having fun. Go nuts. You know what's hard? Like the flat when he had a run with the like we would have a. I think we'd do it the ninth inning rally. So like they're down in the bottom of the ninth. You we have these big flags and we have to run. Base, we have to run from the bullpen, the squirrels bullpen. This is when I worked with, run all the way down home base side, first base side, to to the plate. You wave it like three times, and then you run to the other side, and <laughs> you are like, and you have to book it because you basically have you have the half inning. You book it. You go one, two. You book it back, and you're like, "That was uh, that was interesting." That and sounds then, like a fun time. I mean, I had to wear. It was the first time I wore a morph suit. Couldn't see. Got trucked by a peanut because he did the peanut race. <laughs> uh, what Is there else? A video of that somewhere. I was uh, I was the Chick Fil A cow a couple of times. That was hot. Like summer summer nights, and I'm like, you're in that for like an inning and a half, and and I was like, like did you ever get to dress up as the mascot? I didn't, but I yeah, did see. I don't. I know where it is. I could walk into the arena, into the Flying Squirrels. You know, they have like people. Like they hire people just to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, so I, I, but I know where it is. All right. In the ball, if they've changed it since I, you know, didn't work there, but I know where it is as of now. That'll be next week's adventure: finding the Flying Squirrels mascot costume. Oh, you, you got to go under the stadium. If I still have my Funville shirt. Uh, I think I do. Just I don't know where they are. I'll just, th- uh, unless they've changed it. Um, I, uh, you can wear it and just sneak out, sneak to the bottom and then like have a change and just like pretend you're like official or something. I feel like we should, uh, put a disclaimer that this is just a joke and we do not plan on stealing anything from the Richmond flying squirrels. Well, moving on. Uh, as most of you know, I have been the, uh, flag bearer, the patriarch, the uh, box, st- I don't know, whatever you call it, the captain of trying to make the dream team out of the 2021 U.S. Baseball Olympic team. Well, the first thing they need to do is qualify. And I don't know how the team is going to structure when, when the Olympics happen, but the qualifying team is interesting. A couple top prospects, and uh, most notably, Matt Kipp back in baseball. Woo-woo! And uh, Todd thumbs down Frazier part of the team and they uh, are in qualifying. So four teams have already qualified Japan, South Korea, Mexico, and Israel. Those last two are interesting how they've already qualified. I wonder how the process works. Why wouldn't the defending world baseball classic champions not have qualified already? I might get, yes, they won the last one when we were together because they got canceled. So that's interesting. So they're in a two, it's a 16 tournament. So two teams left. And they're in a there are eight teams split into two groups for round robin play. Group A consists of the United States, Dominican Republic, which is going to be their next game. They beat uh, 
Nicaragua 7-1, and Puerto Rico. So that's actually a tough group. Group B is Canada, Colombia, Cuba, and Venezuela. So I, I would argue if you want to take the top, top six nations in baseball um, in the Olympics, only two of them have been represented so far. I would argue Cuba, Dominican Republic, the U.S., and Venezuela I would put up there. Yeah, probably. Venezuela, I mean, uh, have one. So basically how it works is the top two teams in each group will advance to the Super Round and play two more games. The team that with the best record at the end of the Super Round will earn the fifth qualifying berth for the Olympics. So I wonder what happens if both teams are undefeated and they split games, how that works. But it's a good question. Um, there's still one more chance after this, the second and third place teams. So I guess the guy who finished that will get one final shot at a final qualifier in Mexico from June 22nd through 26th, alongside the Netherlands, Australia, and Taiwan. This makes no sense to me how this formatting is. Why is it a 16 tournament? That's what I want to get. First of all, I don't think that gets a good representation. Why don't you just like condense the world baseball classic format in two weeks? Whatever. This is, uh, this is, again, we're trying to break it down. And so here we go. MLB and MLPA has told national federations that only players – so this is for all nations. So this is not just the U.S., which I also think uh, only players on non-40-man rosters will be eligible to compete. So basically no major league players can compete. Minor league players can. So you will have some top prospects in this. Despite the non-40-man limitations, the U.S. team is manned by Mike Sikosha and includes several intriguing prospects to go to slate former major leaguers and rates as the heavy favorites to advance to Tokyo, although the U.S. was also the favorite at the Premier 12 qualifying tournament in November 2019 when Mexico pulled off the upset. So that's when they first got upset, which is actually interesting. Uh, notable players, Homer Bailey is one of the pitchers, as well as I thought it was interesting how Todd Frazier and I mentioned Matt Kemp. I don't know how... He, you know, still playing baseball. Have you seen the photo of Matt Kemp? He's got big. No, I haven't. He's a, he's a big boy now, per se. <laughs> so it, it's interesting. A um, couple great prospects on there. Uh, Tristan Cassis, the first baseman, the highest-ranked prospect on the roster. He's number 52 in uh, Kylie McDaniel's top 100. Uh, Matthew Laborte for a left-handed pitcher for the Cardinals. Simone Woods, Richardson, a right-handed pitcher for the Blue Jays, uh, number 90 on the preseason top 100. Uh, a couple intriguing prospects, but it's it's funny to me. We got John Jay as well, David Robertson, Edwin Jackson. Jose Bautista is playing for the Dominican Republic. Julio Rodriguez, who else? Anibal Sanchez is playing for Venezuela. So uh, it's actually kind of interesting how this is all working out. But U.S. is the favorites, and I hope this is just the roster for the Olympic team or the Olympic uh, qualifying, and they break out the big guns for the Olympic tournament because I know it would be during the season, right? So I'm guessing it won't be. Yeah, yeah, it would be later this summer. Season. Do what hockey used to do and pause two weeks for the Olympics. That's what they should do, honestly. I, man, Mike, I, assuming he's healthy, Mike Trout – in a USA baseball uniform, playing in the, I could we could run baseball so much better, man. <laughs> like let him do bat flips, yeah, 
let the most freak of freak thing let um you know the the best player maybe best shortstop in the league do splits at the home plate because he can. Um, so pretty interesting format. I I am very confused by it, but U.S. baseball mindset is to win. Uh, their next game is today, coming on in a couple minutes. Actually, it's already started. Seven o'clock on ESPN as we record this. So ESPN Plus, I should say. So. So the game's currently in a weather delay, and I don't know the score. So I guess it hadn't started yet, is my guess. So that's uh, fun for us after the, all that time, wasting Matt's time trying to find it. I apologize, uh, Matt. Uh, I'm going to look at this. You ready? I'm about to hit you with a smooth transition. You know, uh, you know, I guess seeing me, you know, major weekend a little bit better, you know, spending time and despite the rain wasn't, you know, on the water had to be good, but uh your weekend definitely got dampered a bit with some bad news coming from Atlanta. Yeah, uh, something we definitely got to talk about, spend a little time on. Marcelo Zuna, the Braves left fielder, was arrested over the weekend. He was charged with aggravated assault by strangulation and misdemeanor battery family violence. The police were called to his home. They showed up, the door was open, and they heard... Uh, sounds coming from inside so they went on inside and they witnessed him beating his wife so this seems like it's going to be a pretty you know pretty simple case because the police were literally there and witnessed it as it happened and this is just another incident in the long line of cases that MLB has had recently involving domestic violence and its players and something needs to be done and the Braves are in a pretty tight spot right now because obviously you think that a team who has a player in this situation would want to just distance themselves from that player, get rid of them, whatever they have to do. But of course, the way MLB works, all the contracts are fully guaranteed. So if they cut him, they still have to pay the contract that they just signed him to this offseason, that he's in the first year of a four-year contract. So it's not that easy for them. I'm sure they would really like to just cut him, cut their ties with him, not be involved with him anymore at all. Because this is not a good look. And, you know, it, it's easy to say hindsight, or it's easy to say that, you know, they shouldn't have signed him to this contract, but hindsight is twenty twenty, And at the time that they signed him, he had just had a fantastic season. He was the National League leader in home runs. And it looked like he was going to be good for years to come. And now they signed him to a four-year contract. He didn't get off to a great start to the season. He got injured. And now this. So it hasn't worked out for the Braves. Something has to be done in Major League Baseball. I don't know why they keep having so many issues with this. And Marcelo Zuna should never step foot on a baseball field again. I feel bad for the Braves, man. I feel bad for you as a Braves fan. I I completely agree. I think this is, you know, it, and again, I'm going to say this because this is how our legal system is set up. Innocent until proven guilty. And despite the evidence that there is, you are in, in this country, you are innocent till proven guilty and you deserve, you know, you deserve a trial. And this is how we should talk about this. But the evidence, evidence of public opinion is completely different. And I think the evidence of public opinion is going to be very much against Marcel Azuna. And, I mean, we've seen this before in multiple, I mean, Am I comfortable watching Diego German pitch for the Yankees? Not really. Uh, what or Rodas Chapman? Yeah, I mean, Chapman, 
can throw 103. So, uh, no, but yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like when Chapman got there, it was right off that case and it was like, it was fishy. And the, these things take time. And, and I think this one's like even more damning. And um, that you think about the Houston Astros and they come off their cheating scandal. And what was the biggest thing in the postseason talked about? They had their assistant GM fired because he was yelling at female reporters about what's the pitcher's name. Uh, yeah. Um, Roberto Zuna. Roberto Zuna. And like, we got a Zuna. We got it. Like yelling at female reporters about a guy who beat his wife. Like that's not like, I mean, she, it was a real debate. Should that guy be in baseball anymore? And I think it's, it's sad to say if that guy can play again for the Houston Astros, Marcel Zuna is going to play again for whatever team. Cause he can hit like, man, could I see him staying with the Braves and just basically, you know, whatever happens? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I, 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 I could see it. I could see him. I mean, he's still playing now. I mean, he's hurt, but he's still, you know, he's still part of the roster now. And I think Major League Baseball will hit him with the 80-game suspension. He'll be out the rest of the season, part of next year. And do the Braves kind of try to, you know, get rid of the contract by trading him? And, you know, just cutting their losses or do they like, I don't think they can cut him really because of the contract. There is a way that teams can void a contract. They can, they can terminate a contract. This is under the uniform player contract in major league baseball. A team can terminate a contract if a player shall quote, fail, refuse, or neglect to conform his personal conduct to the standards of good citizenship and good sportsmanship or to keep himself in first-class physical condition or to obey the club's training rules, end quote. So that that good citizenship and personal conduct clause there, there is a way that they could be able to void his contract and get out of paying him the millions of dollars that they owe him. But it's very unlikely. No team has ever even tried to void a contract because it's not likely that they're going to be able to successfully do it. Even in a case like this, which I don't understand. So this is going to be a very interesting case to watch and see what happens. I'm sure he'll get as long of a suspension as they can give him. I mean, it could be, it could be a year, could be a year long suspension. And also you think about the 80 games, the way this season's structured, you suspend him basically for a year. 80, yeah. I think it's like so. 88 games, I think is the minimum or is the first like thing. And that would spend him, you know, you're already what 20, 30 games in this year. So that's 50 and then another 30 of next year. So that's, and if you structure the season similarly, that's a considerable amount. Yeah. So I, I don't, I just don't understand why baseball has such an issue with this. Because it's all is, sports, I mean, honestly. Like the NFL, it is. But problem. I feel like I feel like it happens a lot more in baseball. I mean, you can name so many players just off the top of your head, like German and Aroldis Chapman and Jose Reyes. I mean, you, there's so many players that have had these issues. Roberto Azuna, who we just talked about. I think because like, baseball I, I don't has the biggest. It. it also, I think, is a numbers game. This is yeah. I mean, that could be it. Baseball has the largest rosters. Well, no, the NFL does, but. But baseball has the farm systems too, yeah. and like so, you have hundreds of players in just one organization. Yeah, so 
who knows? I, I, you know, like it's not like to say this is good and this is a happy topic to be like the main part of our podcast today. It's not making me excited. So I feel bad for Braves fans. And this is just, you know, this is terrible. And, and prayers to that woman, uh, who, the victim in all of this, because her name's never going to be mentioned, but her reliving it, her reliving it kind of is going to be a lot over the next, you know, not just the trial, but in public, like the four days after there is, is a topic and that's even worse. So, you know, and this is where mental health becoming a big part of the sports world. When uh, Naomi, Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French open. And this, I think, um, you know, we've seen, domestic violence and mental health play play a part with each other. And and I'm not saying that's the reason why, but I just want to, again, say if you know someone that needs help, do the best you can to help them. And and it, it would go a long way in in fixing a lot of things in this world. Yeah, definitely would. Definitely would. I wish that this wasn't a, a topic that we had to talk about. That's all I've got on this week's episode of the podcast. Trey, any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? The Yankees suck. Oh, yeah, they do. Swept they, by the Tigers. They did not That's try. embarrassing. They did not try in that series. Like, they threw Garrett Cole out, and then they were like, eh, let's just throw two pitchers we're going to demote the next day. And then they – yeah, I mean, this team's one in six. They can't score more than – they're averaging 1.6 runs in their last 70 games. Like – this team is supposed to be built off the home run and they can't hit it. Like they had a good middle season stretch and they suck. not even mid season, like a month. Uh, yeah. A month. a month. No, a month. So I don't know what's happening with the Yankees, but my bet about the Cubs winning the division is looking really good right now. And it is. And so just remember go Cubs go. Thank you all for listening to the latest episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. For Trey Lyle, I'm Matthew Atkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.